You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. On today's show, we're going to wrap up our conversation on BC's win against Colgate. I'm going to give you my final thoughts about what BC did well and where I think the Eagles are standing. We're also going to talk about other games that went on this weekend. I have Mitch Wolf on for our last session. And then some breaking news as Boston College uh, regional foe, UConn, made a coaching change on Monday. So, Let's let's wrap up our conversation about BC and uh, the game against Colgate. Obviously, again they won fifty-one nothing. You saw BC really doing everything that they needed to do, um, almost everything. I'm gonna say almost, right? I thought the offensive line was as efficient as you could expect. I thought against the run, rewatching some of that, they did what they needed to do. What was concerning to me about their offense was the running backs couldn't see the holes. There was a, it was some vision issues. I thought that was really interesting. And I thought all the guys had that issue. I thought the holes were there. I thought the offensive line did a really nice job. And I want to give a shout out to Jack Conley who played a little bit of tackle as well. And I thought he did a nice job. He, he subbed in for Ben Petrula at different points. He did a really nice job, uh, but the running game, they only averaged about 3.4 rushes per uh, yards per rush. That's a concern against a team like Colgate. They cannot continue doing that. They need to be able to run the ball efficiently, and they did not. It looked, it to me, it looked more of the same as last year, where they just could not run the ball. They couldn't get the, they couldn't, you know, get the yards that they needed at times, and they were always behind the sticks. So that was a bit of a concern. The other concern I had was just a few little nitty gritty plays here and there. So the linebackers, I thought played well, especially with Cam Arnold out. He was uh, suspended for the game because of um, a targeting uh, infraction against UVA last year. I, I don't understand that. Why is targeting rules go from one year to another? Well, anyways, Arnold misses it. So they put in Vinny De Palma. They put in Joe Sparacio. They did fine for the most part, but there was at least one or two plays uh, that I thought were broken down, and there was one that turned into a chunk play for Colgate, where uh, I think one of the linebackers got burned really badly. So that's a bit of a concern, but again, I can't get too negative because you know you're missing Arnold. It's the first game of the season; you got to get a little rusty. So that piece was another concern. The other one, it took BC a little bit to get into this game, but. I've heard, I saw a lot of people saying that, right? You you know, why did it take them so long? They were punting. They should have mur- murdered, you know, they should have massacred Colgate right off the bat. Watch college football from around the country. Watch every team that you watch. Almost every single one took a little while to shake the rust off. That is what happens in football. It t- You don't, it takes a little while for you to get into that game situation, to shake off the jitters, to get ready to play in front of a crowd, which you haven't done in over a year. So I think that was normal. Um, the third quarter, eh, then maybe that's some things that they got to clean up. But if you trust your coaching staff, that is what they fix. They will see that stuff. They will clean it up. And I think that was a big thing for BC right there. Now, if you go to bcbulletin.com over the weekend, Mitch Wolf gave his three stars of the game. I'm not going to give you my three stars. I'm going to give you my offensive MVP and my defensive MVP. And I'll go from there. My offensive MVP, I'm going to go with Phil Dracovic. 
I mean, he threw for almost 300 yards. I thought he looked dynamic out there. He looked every bit of the quarterback that you were hoping for when you were getting excited for this 2021 season. Good reading, good getting rid of the ball, very accurate, good reads. Um, you know, his he, he waited for guys to get open. He had all the time in the world at times. So, you know, we'll have to see what he looks like when he has a little pressure in his face, but we might not have that for a couple weeks. Um, but I thought he was the offensive MVP. The defensive MVP for me was uh, Shida uh, Salah. Got his name right again. Shida Salah, um, you know, Boston College Dean's a defensive end really badly to step up this year. I thought it was going to be Marcus Valdez, but he was hurt. Um, Salah gets in. He plays well. He was everywhere. We talked about this on yesterday's episode, but I want to reiterate how big of a, a, a game Salah had. And he's going to have to continue that, but... He's going to be a starter. He, If you go in with Marcus Valdez and Salah as your starter, you go with Barlow and Azaraku as your backup with Jake Bazico, who Jeff Halfley is very fond of, um, as your five, you're in good shape. I think Valdez and Salah give you that explosiveness. Azaraku kind of, I think, might give you the pass rushing feel that you wanted, that you missed out of Max Roberts after he graduated. Different size player, but I think he can do that kind of thing. Um, you're going to have that different kind of feel. So Salah was was my MVP. Now, do you agree? Hit us up on Twitter. Tell us at Locked On BC about what your thoughts are about that. Now, in a moment, I'm we're gonna cycle out of BC and Colgate. It's only so much you could talk about an FCS game like that. Um, we're gonna talk about UConn football because something happened that may impact Boston College, and we'll get into that in just a moment. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Ozzy's Ross Tucker and late Jason Lacanafora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. Hey guys, so there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing. It's gross, right? I know from experience what this is like. When I speak in public, I can't help but sweat through my shirt. And every time I go out and it's hot or, you know, I'm just with a big group of crowds, it's it's like life or death for me and I hate it. That's why I use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and boom. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirt on which one will hide the sweat better. If you or you know someone who does sweat like this, you need to check out Sweatblock. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Or with promo code locked on, and you'll save 20% and go to CVS or Amazon as well. Let's also talk about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving auto customer parts for over 20 years. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can head over to Rock Auto? Rock Auto is reliably low prices. You can find everything you need in their easy-to-use catalog. All you need to do is put your make and model in, boom, everything they have will come up on their catalog, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. When you head over to Rock Auto today, make sure you write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com This is Locked On Boston College, and I have to explain a little something. So, I record 
uh, some segments ahead of time. And the third segment you're going to hear later on is with uh, Mitchell Wolf, who talks to us about the games from the weekend. And before he, uh, we recorded this on Sunday, we were going to do our uh, what what happened to UMass and UConn football this weekend. And what, so when we recorded this, UConn had just lost to Holy Cross like the day before. And we're like, oh, whatever. They, you know, we're going to laugh about it, have some good times making fun of UConn. Since we recorded that on mo- Sunday, like an hour after we finished recording, um, head coach Randy Etzel decided he was going to retire at the end of the year, which was news and definitely something we would have included. But he also then, less than 24 hours, announced that he's retiring immediately. So I don't know if the pressure was put on him or if he just decided he'd had enough. But Randy Etzel is out at UConn, and this is not going to be our what happened to UConn and UMass football because this is not a UConn podcast, but it does have implications for Boston College, and here's why. With Etzel gone, they're going to have to go out and find somebody, and you know, if you're looking at UConn, what they need is someone who can build a program and someone with New England roots. And so some names are going to get popped around, and of course, I already saw a couple names pop up from BC already. The first one I saw was um, Frank Signetti. And I'm going to say right off the bat that that is not a good fit and it would never happen. And here, this was the point of the segment, right? As, you know, UConn, they decided they, they're going to make the defensive coordinator the uh, the head coach for the remainder of the season. And he's going to coach out and then they're going to figure out who they're going to get that's not going to be their interim. They are, This program is in such bad shape that for Frank Signetti to leave Boston College, where he's the offensive coordinator, he's the quarterback's coach, he would be taking a step down. And sure, you'd make a little bit more money, but think long-term picture here, right? Frank Signetti is in a program right now that has a lot of buzz around it. He is part of Boston College with Jeff Halfley, who I know. He's only 7-5 and five as a coach right now. But there's a lot of expectations that this team is going to jump up. Why would you ever give that up to coach UConn, a program that is independent, that that lost every game that they've played. They're arguably right now one of the worst FBS programs of all time. And they could go on a, a, a tear with some really bad losses coming up. I mean, you lost to Holy Cross, a Patriot League team. You got Clemson coming down. So this program is a mess. There's no like pulling it out of the dregs right now this program needs a a uh, a program builder they need someone who can build a culture that can build Yukon from the from the floor up because right now they're they're a disaster so when you hear the rumors of Signetti when you hear the rumors I'm sure Tem Lokobu's name will be thrown out there don't believe it because yes they'll make a little bit more money but there's more in life than money and I just don't see Boston College coach just saying, oh, I'm going to leave a good program at a lower rate to go get into a program that's going to torpedo my career because it will kill their career. If Frank Signetti is going to get his first head coaching job, why the heck would he go to UConn? Because he's going to go there at a program that has nothing right now. He's going to lose and lose and lose because he has no talent on that roster. And then he's going to get fired, and he's going to go right back to where he began, probably below, because, you know, you got to build yourself back up again. No, he's not going to do that. 
to be fair, this is not just ripping on Yukon section because who cares, but what they need to do is they need to find a, like an FCS co- coach or maybe someone like Houston Nutt or something like that. Like I said, um, the head coach of Holy Cross, Bob Chesney would be a great option for them. Uh, but it, it's, it's not an attractive offer offer. And it, it's not a, a school I could see any Boston college head coach going to. And I don't see Azar Abdul-Rahim is not going to go there. So like he, fit, he's, you know, he's a DMV coach. You, he's not going to go to Yukon and get district of Columbia kids to go to Yukon. So don't, I wouldn't think of him either. So you'll hear a lot of that. This part, this part of this discussion was to tell you about the story about how we recorded this, but also to say, don't worry about it. It's not, it's not something you worry about. Now we'll talk about those games and what we saw around college football this weekend in just a moment. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one sport spot. Excuse me for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers when using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 21 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I am here with site writer Mitchell Wolf, who writes for me with BC Bulletin. And we are talking about all the other games. There's so much other things going on. And if you listened to our show last week, you know the new segment that is going to come out. And I wanted to give it some time because they don't live in my head, but we're going to talk about them because they are so funny to talk about. And that is our new segment entitled, What is Going On with UConn and UMass Football? What happened to UMass? Yep. And We're UConn talking about it because both weekend. of these teams had epic weekends. And the first one, I have to go with UConn first because their loss was way more epic than UMass. And I apologize, I'm using the word epic. My son has somehow picked that word up and I've, I've kind of stuck with it. Uh, UConn played Holy Cross. And every game that they play, I swear you get more highlights of just football ineptitude. So if you follow Every Day Should Be Saturday on, on Twitter, uh, EDBS at Spencer Hall, he's a great follow. Uh, he posted a video, and I don't know which coach it is on UConn, but he was doing a hype thing where they, you know, you put your hand in the middle and like you do the on five, blah, 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 except none of the UConn players did it with them. They just kind of walked away. And that kind of set the stage for a game that UConn Husky fans are never going to forget. Mitch, you pro- I was at the press box and I was just watching it on my app. What happened with the UConn Holy Cross game? I mean, luckily for them, it was on pretty much the same time, or I think it might've been after the BC game. So I was kind of checking out other games. So I didn't, I, you know, I didn't want to subject myself to the torture of having to watch, you know, any more time of UConn football than is absolutely necessary. But like you said, football ineptitude, you know, their quarterback threw three interceptions. There was one, I think hilarious one where they picked him off and he had the, 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 as Mike Golick Jr. calls it, the thick six where a defensive lineman gets to return a ball for a touchdown. So that was good to see. And of course, I'm glad you mentioned that video because, man, 
if, if that doesn't get you whatever is the opposite of hyped up football, I don't know what will, because that was just absolutely pathetic to see that defense just not give an absolute hoot about what their coach is trying to do. So reminder, Boston College played Holy Cross, and I know Holy Cross has gotten better. Fair, to be fair to them, I know they've, they're a better program in the Patriot League, but they are a Patriot League team, and they beat UConn. Reminder, UConn has to play Clem- – I, I said this last week. They have to play Clemson soon, and I think they have to play Iowa too. Um, oh no, hey, you, Col- Colorado State has to play Iowa. Uh, do you remember um, Do you remember that clip of Shannon Sharp from the 90s where he's like calling the phone and he's like, I'm going to call the National Guard because we're killing the Patriots. Yes. That's somebody, somebody on Clemson is going to have to do that because they're literally going to murder UConn. It could be 100 to nothing. I'm honest. I'm serious. <laughs> and so the Huskies lose an FCST game. And I don't know if you wanted to talk about it, but this isn't the only Boston College-related uh, foe that lost to an FCS squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado State got stomped by South Dakota State on uh, Friday last week. And Steve Adazio... I mean, if you've listened to any Boston College press conference when he was there, it was the exact same thing he said after that game that you saw when he lost to Kansas or you saw when he lost to anyone on his schedule. We were a tough team. We just didn't do it. We had the stats out there. Did you watch any of that game or did you see what happened to the the Rams? I missed this. I did miss this one as well. But, you know, I. When you, I think you sent me something about it, and you're like, yeah, this could be a win for the FCS yeah. team. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I know South Dakota State's a pretty good FCS team, but I was like, I don't think that'll happen. And lo and behold, it did. And, you know, Colorado State gets beat by 19. You know, I think somebody – you you quote tweeted that somebody from the Denver Post is already coming after Steve, so we'll have to see how that goes. But, you know, it, it definitely couldn't happen to a better guy than Steve does. You know? Right. And, I, you know, I do feel bad. David Bailey, I was a big fan when he was here. He struggled. I mean, he had two touchdowns, but he also fumbled the ball, averaged like three yards a carry. Didn't look very good. Um, now, I kind of jumped out. We were supposed to talk about UMass. Now, UMass BC plays next week. They're heading to Amherst. It's going to be this, as uh, Dan Rubin of BCEagles.com has always told me, it's the Super Bowl for, for the Minutemen. They just got annihilated by Pittsburgh, <laughs> 52-7. What did, you, what did you hear about this game, Mitch? Where are you at with the Minutemen? This one I did watch a little bit of just so I could kind of get a feel of how UMass is looking. And, you know, it's the score, final score was 51 to seven, and it could have been a lot worse, honestly. If Pitt had a lot of self inflicted wounds, they had some just unforced errors that, you know, ended up beating them 51 to seven, and UMass didn't score until the fourth quarter. So, you know, I think it's more of the same from UMass. I think Dan has a point about it being their Super Bowl. You know, we've seen teams kind of get up for those games, but, you know, at some point, the, just, the disparity in talent between the two programs is going to be astronomical i don't think excuse me they're going to be able to overcome it so now more than ever you know you watch we talked about this on yesterday's episode you watch what zay flowers can do and i'm sure umass is probably trying to come up with some scheme to take him out of the game now you have fun with that because you can take him out but who's stopping trey barry and who's going to stop Jaden williams cj lewis even cj lewis had some really good you know clutch moments yesterday yeah him too and, and if you're put, pulling all your guys into double coverage, Phil Jer- Jerkovic is just going to pull it and run. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that we do need – it's time to talk about UMass and UConn being relegated to the FCS. You know, I think that they'll be much more comfortable in the Patriot League, in the Colonial Athletic Association, in Northeast Conference even. You know, if UConn you – know, it left the American for the express purpose of focusing on basketball and rejoining the Big East. So basically giving a middle finger to their football program. So if that's what they want to do – 
then just go all the way. Just go down to the FCS where you might actually be able to be competitive. I don't, I, and I'm not even being a troll when I say that. I don't, I, for UMass, I don't think that's the worst idea. No, like, I, like they Don weren't Brown even good. Was, when Don Brown was their head coach and they won national championships, you had a good program and people respected it. Now you're the joke of college football. What, where do you want to be? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I just, I don't get it because it's not like when they, when they made the decision to jump up, it's not like they were even that good. Like they hadn't won anything in a while at that time. And they were in the Mac initially and got kicked out because they were so bad and it's gotten worse. <laughs> like there's no reason for them to be in the FBS anymore. I just don't get it. And, and because they're an independent, they have to schedule like SEC teams, which are going to beat the absolute living crap out of them. Right. Exactly. And there's just, I mean, we'll see how Boston college does against them. Cause I, I get a feeling the the odd uh, makers just released their odds. It's minus thirty eight, which I nailed on Twitter. I'm not a gambler. I'm terrible at it. I do some uh, I do some stuff on Bet Online, but that's just you know kind of funny money. Now let's look at the rest of the ACC games. The big one. I watched it last night. My wife passed out, and we were watching it together. She was asleep. Uh, Clemson could not score against Georgia. Georgia's defense was incredible. George, Clemson's offensive line looked awful, um, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like Clemson is probably going to still come out of this game. Still the favorite to win the ACC. What do you think? No question. You know, looking at like people were looking at their schedule and I don't think there's any ranked teams as of right now that are on that schedule. Um, I, you know, Clemson did get soundly beat last night, but I would not read too much into this if you're a BC fan or you're a fan of another ACC team because, you know, Clemson's defense still held George's offense three points. That touchdown came on a pick six. So Clemson's defense was arguably just as good as Georgia's. But Georgia, and this is why, again, don't read too much of, into this if you're a BC fan, Georgia's defense might be one of the best defenses college football has ever seen. They have some, like their entire defensive line, probably their entire front seven is four and five star recruits, and they're massive and they're incredibly fast. And, you know, we can say all we want about BC and their scheme defense and all that fun stuff. BC just does not have the kind of athlete that Georgia does. And, you know, well, I was talking to you about this, AJ. Georgia's nose tackle, Jordan Davis, he's 6'6", 320. Nobody on BC is going to play like him. He's absolutely insane. And they've got a bunch of other really good players that can absolutely destroy an offense like we saw last night. And so we have Clemson, and still the favorite, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, around the ACC, we saw UNC lay an absolute turd in Blacksburg. And I, I have to swallow some crow, and I will do more of this mm-hmm. on Locked On ACC. Virginia Tech's defense looked real good, and their offense did enough to win. Yeah, I think we, I think I'm, I'll be eating it right along with you in that, you know, they, I think their offense might be a little gimmicky just because they're doing a lot of quarterback run. I saw a pretty funny tweet that said uh, Braxton Burmeister is going to be playing slot receiver for the Patriots in three years. Um, but you know, it can, that can work in college football for a little bit. And, you know, I still was concerned about UNC's defense, so it kind of makes sense. And it was a low scoring game, but yeah, I mean, and then not to mention, you see Miami falling. So, you know, the bottom three teams, the ACC right now are Clemson, Miami, and UNC, who are the three favorites. Yep. And I mean, around the conference, Syracuse beat Ohio. They looked fine. Honestly, kind of surprising. I, I would not have been shocked if Ohio had won that game. Yep. Um, and you saw Wake Forest take care of business against Old Dominion. NC State looked good. Um, any other games that you wanted to talk about, Mitch? Yeah, I mean, we saw Duke, who's going to be arguably worse than Syracuse. They choked it away against Charlotte. Um, NC State, like you said, dominated. Wake dominated. Pitt, Pitt and Virginia both dominated their opponents as well. Um, Georgia Tech, we might be wrong on them the other way in that they lost a close game to Northern Illinois. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll see if they get that fixed. But I mean, as of right now, the ACC is wide open. I still think Clemson is going to get it together. But you know, this loss, they, I'm not sure that the rest of their schedule, if a bunch of other teams can run the table, I'm not sure that Clemson can actually get into the playoff. It's going to be interesting to watch. Thank you, Mitch. Mitch, where can people mm-hmm. follow, follow you on Twitter? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Um, that's where I'll be tweeting about BC football, uh, just general college football and NFL stuff coming up this week, finally. Um, again, like I mentioned in the last episode, please go check out the film study I did with Mark Schofield on the BC Bulletin YouTube. It's also on the regular BC Bulletin website, so you can find that there. Give it a watch. It's, uh, but it was a really fun time and really, I think, informative stuff about We thank Mitchell Wolf for coming in today and talking about uh, the, the weekend's games. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be joined by Michael Traney of of Fight Massachusetts. He's going to talk to us about UMass uh, UMass football, and we have an exciting recruit for Thursday's show. He's a four-star. I'm not going to give you the name right now. If you are a premium member of BC Bulletin, you know exactly who I'm talking about. He's going to come by, and we'll talk to him about his journey to Boston College. And on Friday, Eric Hofsis joins us to talk about Friday, uh, Saturday's game against the UMass Minutemen. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all, and we'll see you again soon.